Welcome to the April 9th Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 53, and the sermon is entitled, Five Truths of the Resurrection, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Did you come expecting something this morning? Amen. I'm grateful for your presence here. I'm thankful that we did decide to do two services, okay? One, one would not have held everybody. So I'm grateful, even though it was work on, on multiple levels, I'm grateful that we decided to do that. And in saying that, I want to say this. I'm grateful that we come before God in worship. This music this morning has set the table of worship of worship of a risen Savior, the worship that we need not just one day of the year or not just one day of the week, but every day of our life. We need to worship Jesus Christ as our risen Savior. So in doing so today, I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bibles. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter number 24 is where we're going to be at today. This is a wonderful chapter in your Bible because throughout Luke chapter number 24, there are many people that are given and whom Jesus appeared to after he resurrected. So you're going to get a couple homework assignments today. The first is this, Luke 24, read it sometime today in your study and see how the gospel message comes alive of Jesus and his resurrection. But today it offers us five truths of the resurrection. I just want you to keep that in your mind. Today we're going to look at five truths that the resurrection offers every single one of us. So Jesus has appeared. The tomb is empty. He's appeared to Peter. He's appeared to those on the Emmaus road. He he has uh, allowed the women to see that the tomb was empty. And so there is proof that Jesus is alive. And what way to show that you are alive is that this. You just show up. You just show up. And today in Scripture, that's where we're going to see Jesus do at first. So take your Bibles, Luke chapter number 24. We're going to start with verse number 36. Here's what God's Word says. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had seen, excuse me, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. The first point and the first truth that the resurrection shows is that of the love of a Savior. The resurrection shows the love of a Savior. In the midst of a group of men, of people, of the disciples, of those who understand that Jesus is now alive, guess what happens? In verse number 36, it says this, As they spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Jesus himself all of a sudden shows up and he says to them, Peace be unto you. How many of you know if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with your pastor, if Jesus just showed up today, what would you do? And if he says, Peace be still, I don't think that's exactly what would happen at Clifford Baptist Church. Okay? 
I think the next verse would probably describe our feelings. Verse number 37. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed they had seen a spirit. If we're honest with ourselves in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's a lot that my mind cannot take in. There's a lot that it's hard to understand. But for the people in this day, here's what the truth was. Jesus was there. He was in their midst. He was there, and guess what it did to them? It scared them. They were scared. Fear came among them, and they said, what in the world is going on? What's going on? And as we think about that, they get scared and they start to question in their own mind. What is going on? Maybe today, Easter service at Clifford Baptist Church. It may have you asking some of those same questions. What is going on? Why is all the worship? What are the songs about? Why, why do we worship a risen Savior? Friends, the truth that it offers us is this. Is that it shows the love of the Savior. As they begin to be fearful and they begin to question, look what Jesus does. Look at verse number 38. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and feet, that it is myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Here's what Jesus does. He realizes his disciples are concerned, that they worried, that they possibly even think, we have seen a ghost. And so what, what does Jesus do? He takes control of the situation, and here's exactly what Jesus does. Look at me here, church. He said, here are my hands. He said, I want you to take a look at my hands. I want you to look at them, and I want you to see them. Behold my hands, behold my feet. Look at the marks of the nail print, hand, uh, nail print hands and the feet of a resurrected Savior. And if you want to, you can even handle them. Touch them and see that I'm alive. Flesh and bones is what I am. I am not a ghost. How many of you know how important the outstretched hands of God are? Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think it's with those outstretched hands he sees the world today. It's those outstretched hands of his son Jesus that he sent to a cross to take the nails, the punishment for our sin. And one day, one day soon, he will stretch out his hands and welcome us home. But the men who were scared, they have seen the outstretched hands of Jesus before. They seen those outstretched hands of Jesus as they healed multiple people. As they healed the leper, they seen Jesus' hand reach out to a man that he should not touch. And he reached those hands out and he touched him and healed him. Peter should know the outstretched hands as his faith had him seeking in a sea of unbelief. And as he sunk... He cried out, and it was the hand of Jesus that reached down as he walked on water, and he raised up Peter. Peter knows those outstretched hands. And in moments of unbelief, what does Jesus offer? Jesus offers his hands. He said, here are my hands. Here's the punishment I've done. Here's the price that was paid, but I am alive and well. Touch them. Feel my hands. Feel my body. My prayer this morning is the first truth 
that you see from God's word is this. is those outstretched hands still tell the story of Jesus' love today to you and I. I'm grateful for the outstretched hands of God. Though I can't see them physically, I know day by day that I walk and those hands are with me. And they lead me and they guide me along my way. But today, if you have yet to realize those outstretched hands paid the price for our sin. And today, through a love on a cross and through a love of a resurrected Savior, you can see Jesus loves you. We just sang a song, Calvary never loses its song. The most simplest song in the world is Jesus loves me. And today I pray as you look at a cross and you look at a risen Savior and you think about what Jesus did, you not only understand, but you know and you see the love of a Savior. Let's move on in Scripture, verses 41 through 44. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered and said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Point number two today is this. The resurrection gives truth to the doubting mind. The resurrection gives truth to the doubting mind. Verse number 41 tells us the state of the mind of the disciples. Verse number 41 says this, And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered. They were wondering what was going on. What's happening here? They didn't really want to fully believe because they still had their doubts. And yet, their, their hearts and minds raced. It held back of the joy of Jesus truly being alive. What does Jesus do with their wondering hearts? Here's what he does. He sits down at a table and enjoys a meal. How many of you are going there very shortly? Be honest with me. Anybody have an Easter lunch together today? The only thing holding you back from Easter lunch is me. I understand that, okay? But here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, if you think I'm a ghost... Not only am I going to show you my hands, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to share a meal with the people that I love the most. So of all choices of what to eat, guess what he has? Fish and honeycomb. That's, that's something that sounds good to you, right? Maybe so. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful because what this meal shows is, number one, he still cares for the people that are close to him. He still loves them. But he's trying to show them, I am alive. I am real and I am still here to lead you. I'm grateful that in human form he comes in conversation and in meal to tell them I told you this would happen. I told you this was ha would happen. Look at verse number 44. Here's what Jesus says. These are the words which I spoke to you. Let me translate that for you. I told you so. I told you this was happening. I told you I was going to die. I told you I was going to be buried in a tomb. And I told you I would rise on the third day. Praise be to God for that. Amen. 
We're thankful for that. But his words are these, I told you so. I told you not only in my teaching of you person to person. I told you in the Holy Scriptures. I told you in the Psalms and in the prophets and in the preaching and in the law. I told you that I would rise again. Now, you put your place in the place of the disciples as they take in all of this information, all of this is that, that is going on, Jesus has just popped up out of the blue. He shows them his hands and feet. He shares a meal with them. And he tells them, I told you so. I told you that this would happen. Maybe today, the doubt that circulated in their mind is still maybe some of the doubts that circulate here at Clifford Baptist Church today. Maybe there's doubt that keeps you from accepting the whole truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Later on to Thomas, he would appear to Thomas. And he would say, Thomas, here I am, the resurrected one. You can touch my hands. You can put your hands in my side where that spear went. You can touch and you could see that I'm alive. But here's what he told Thomas. Be not faithless, but do it believing. Today, my prayer is that those who doubt will look at the physical body of eating and conversation to see that Jesus was indeed resurrected from the dead. Faith is believing when you have not seen. I'm going to say that again. Faith is believing when you have not seen. Some of you didn't watch a ball game last night, but you believe your team won. Because the score said so. Right? Shake your head, yes. That happened. And you believe it because somebody said so. How come we can't believe the truth of Jesus Christ raising from the dead? Because look, they said so. Praise be to God. The third point. Let's move along in Scripture. Verses 45 through 47. Then opened he their understanding... That they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them. Thus it is written. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer. And to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins. Should be preached in his name. Among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Point number three today is this. The resurrection opens the understanding of scripture. It opens the understanding of scripture. As Jesus is using the word of God, he is sharing with his disciples the plan of God from the very beginning. But what is it that opened their understanding? There are sometimes your pastor looks at the Bible and I say, God, I need your help here. I really want to know what you meant when you wrote or when you inspired the writers to write your word. What did you mean by this? And we want our understanding to grow. But here's what I want you to know, church. Your understanding will never grow if you don't get in the Word of God. Your understanding cannot grow. But here's what I want you to see. As Jesus opens up and begins to open their understanding, He does it with the Word of God. Now listen, I want you to know there's a lot of Scripture that points us to what Jesus wants, to, wants us to to do as believers today. And I want to share a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with you. Here's what verse, 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 say, But it, as is it, excuse me, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Here's my question this morning before I read any further. How many of you love Jesus? All right, you don't convince me. How many of you love Jesus today? Raise your hand. Amen. We love Jesus. But here's what the Word of God says. Your eyes have not seen. Your ears have not heard. Neither has entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. You really don't know how much God loves you. Yes, we say we love Him. But we truly, our minds cannot fathom the work that God wants to do in our lives. But listen to the next verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I'm grateful today for God's word. But I'm grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. That through the Holy Spirit and through God's word, he reveals so much to us. The resurrection teaches us today that we need to long. And we need to understand the scripture we want the truth to be revealed. Now, if I were to take a poll, there are a lot of people, there are even a lot of Christians that don't really like to read. I didn't like to read till about two years ago. I'm going to be honest with you. And then all of a sudden, it just jumped on me, and I love reading now. Now, I'm not telling you to wait 40 years before you love to read, but here's what I'm telling you. You learn so much. I want you to pick up books, but the greatest book that you could ever pick up and understand is the love story from Jesus Christ through His holy word. Point number four today. Look at verses 48 and 49. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with the power from on high. What are they to be a witness of? Verse number 48 says this. Ye are to be witnesses of these things. What are they to be witnesses of? Here's the main reason. They are to be a witness. Jesus is alive. That's the greatest thing to be a witness for. Can we say that together today? Three words. Jesus is alive. Let's say it together. Jesus is alive. Now say it like you mean it. Jesus is alive. Now say it like you were on your porch trying to tell the world. You ready? Jesus is alive. Church, it's easy to say that message when you sit in here. But why won't we shout it when we're outside of these doors? The resurrection shows you and I that we're called to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And when the preacher tells you to say something, you'll say it. But the Holy Spirit means much more than a simple man like me. And here's what the Spirit tells us. There's a message of a risen, risen Savior that the world needs to know and needs to understand. And it is our job... It is our job to tell the world that Jesus is alive. There's another part of the story. And that part is this. In verse number 47, it says this. That the repentance 
and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now listen to me. Those are big words. And then there's a little three-letter word that nobody likes to dabble in. And that three-letter word scares people to death. And that word is sin. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to address it. Nobody wants to acknowledge it. And if you acknowledge it, all you have to do is say, Lord, help me defeat it. Help me to get away from it. Forgive me of it. That's all, how simple it is. But that message is not being preached today. That message of sin. And Christians, you and I need to hear this message. The repentance and the remission of sin needs to be heard. And I need to be challenged here as well. Here's what Jesus says. My blood which is shed for many for the remission of sin. That's the message the world needs to hear. It's not about a church. It's not about a man. It's about the man, Jesus Christ, dying for all the sin of the world. Today, the leaders, the leaders in the day are charged with a message. And that message is this, a message of repentance, a message of remission of sin, and a message of a risen Savior. And today, on command, you can speak out, Jesus is alive. But my prayer and my heartfelt prayer for every person, every family in this sanctuary, every person that is watching live stream, is that we will take the message of a risen Savior to the world. We not only carry the message, but here's the great promise. We carry the presence of a holy God with us. Look at verse number 49. It says this. And behold I send the promise of my father upon you. Stop right there. It has not happened yet. If you want to continue where, where Luke 24 leaves off. Go to Acts chapter number 1. And you will pick it up. Because Acts chapter 1 begins where Luke 24 leaves off. About the resurrection. But here's the promise. The Holy Spirit is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. Every believer in this room, I want you to look at me now because I want you to know the power that you hold. And that power is this. You have the presence of a living God in your life. And we walk and we mope and we, and we mope around here like we're the, we're, the, we're the worst people in the world. We have it bad off. People say, Pastor Jeffrey, you look like an energizer bunny. Friends, listen, you know what today is for Christians? Today is Christmas for Christians. It's the, it's the foundation of our faith. I woke up at 4.50 this morning. And I rolled over and I said, this is my first Easter as senior pastor. Pastor Mike has been preaching Easter for 40 years this is my first Easter. I jumped out of bed. I got ready. I ran to church. And at quarter to six, I was walking these aisles. And I was praying. And I was so excited because today, today is like Christmas to me. Because Jesus is alive. 
And friends, that's the message. Don't mope around here. Don't sing songs about Jesus being risen like you like you never heard it before. Sing it from the, from the depths of your heart. And my prayer today is it calls us to take a message that Jesus is alive. The last point. My time is right on time. Message is about done. Y'all hang with me. Here we go. Last three verses before, before I, excuse me, last four verses. Before I read them, I want to say this. As Luke is recording this, what is going on, there is a break here. Okay, it's not, it's not defined, but there is a break. There's a break about 40 days here. And then Luke finishes off. Here's what he says in verse number 50. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. The last point is this. is The resurrection brings us to worship a risen Savior. Now, as I think about the break that is recorded here and Jesus returning back to heaven, that's what Luke records as he ascends back to the Father. I want you to know, if you want to read the rest of the story, go to Acts chapter 1 sometime today and read the beginning of that and you will be in tune. But here's my heartfelt belief. My heartfelt belief is this, the end of what Jesus is doing As Jesus not only died and was buried, he rose again. He spent 40 days there and now he's gone back to heaven. Here's what he desires. He desires what the end of Luke 24 calls for. He desires our worship. Here's what he did in verse number uh, 50 and 52. It says this, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. As you walk out of this building today, as you walk out of a worship service today, don't you hang your head down. You walk out of here with your head held high, looking to a risen Savior. Jesus lives, and He did it for you. You can clap. It's okay. You can clap. But here's what it does. Here's what it does. His resurrection calls us not to worship once a week. His his resurrection calls us not to worship once a year. His resurrection calls us to worship continually in our lives. You don't want to pass me some days on the road because my head is singing and I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. If you do that, just nod your head and keep on going, okay? Make sure you wave because I will notice that. But here's the thing, friends. We walk out of church service, and I know that maybe some of you think, I'm glad that's over with. Worship will never end. Listen to me, church. Worship will never end for the believer. One day in heaven, when we meet face to face, it's it's not going to be, hey, bud, how you doing? Let's go ride four-wheelers. That's not what heaven's about. Don't believe the country songs, okay? Here's what heaven's going to be about. It's going to be about worshiping Jesus forever. And so here's where my challenge is to you today. The resurrection should get us in tune 
for the worship that we will do for the rest of our lives. Today, I'm done. And I praise God for the resurrection. This morning, the message was this. The Lord is risen indeed. I don't want you to hang your head as you leave today. We leave with that message. The Lord is risen indeed. And as we come to a point where we must now look at ourselves. Now look, some people wonder what an invitation is. An invitation is not a pastor looking at you. An invitation is not a a, a man judging you. An invitation is this. As a holy person or a believer that comes before the Lord. Maybe it is even a non-believer that comes before the Lord and said, Lord, here's where I am. I open my life to you. All around this room today, those that are watching live stream, maybe there are opportunities that we will open our hearts and lives to the work that Jesus has done. And my prayer is this, it's not about anything that you have done, it's all already been done. Praise be to Jesus. But in this moment of invitation, maybe the Holy Spirit is pulling your heart or leading you towards Him. Maybe you feel that tug. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not the preacher. And the Holy Spirit says, come to me. Trust me. Believe me. Give me your heart. Give me your life. Understand that I died for you, for your sin. And because of that, because of that, I've saved you. Every person in this room is on the same foundation as we come before a holy cross. A holy God. And all of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. As we come in this moment of invitation on this Easter morning, maybe it's you today that says, God, I've doubted. I've never given you my life. I want to accept the work that was done on my behalf on the cross and through the tomb and because you rose again. Maybe today you're here and you are a believer and you say, Lord, there are moments of doubt. Lord, there are times that I didn't believe. Lord, I need your help. I need you to overcome those moments that I don't fully trust you. This moment of invitation may be for you. Maybe you just want to come and pray. This altar is open as we allow God to do his work. One more time, will you join me in saying this? The Lord is risen indeed. You ready? The Lord is is risen indeed. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for what you did on a cruel cross. Lord, but that is not the end of the story. Yes, you went to that cross for payment for every sin and for every sinner. But God, I'm grateful, Lord, that as you rose victorious on the third day, you defeated death, hell, and the grave. And we're grateful to celebrate that today. Lord, today, if somebody needs the life-changing power of Jesus in their life. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would work in such a way that will draw them to yourself. Thank you for what you've done, and thank you for what you're going to do. Maybe there's a believer here in this room today that simply wants to come and pray. Or maybe they want to come and pray and say, Lord, help me. I'm weak in this area. I doubt in this area. I need to help and worship in this area. I need help in in certain uh, instances of my family's life. Whatever the case, God, we bring those needs before you today. Thank you, Lord, today as we celebrate our resurrected Savior. 
thank you for what you did and thank you that we can say together you have risen indeed lead this time of worship we pray in Jesus name amen Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.